Welcome to our seventh show in the C-Suite podcast series brought to you by the CIPR social media panel. I'm Russell Goldsmith and with me here in the studios of CIPR Partners USP Content uh, to talk about the topic of sport in social media this week is Anthony Marco, CEO of Sports Revolution, who are an international sports media and rights business working across sponsorship, in-stadia advertising, online, mobile, and of course, the topic of today's uh, podcast, social media. Joining Anthony and getting his second C-Suite podcast cap to uh, use a sporting reference is Ben Smith of PR Moment. Welcome, gentlemen. Um, now, don't forget, if while you're listening, if you want to tweet any comments you might have whilst uh, listening to the podcast, use the hashtag, hash CIPR C-Suite. Anthony, let's start with you, because um, we've chosen quite a wide topic in terms of uh, social media and sport, and of course, there's many aspects we could cover off. Perhaps you could kick off uh, the show, just really give us a quick summary of how direct engagement with fans has impacted uh, the campaigns and projects that your business runs over the last couple of years, but also the importance that your clients place on it. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the final point there, clients, is the key thing. I mean, we, we just saw a sea change about three years ago where traditional sponsorship models were were, were no longer enough and um, all of the traditional above-the-line advertising was moving towards digital and then subsequently social and um, we were tasked with um, dragging sponsorship out of the dark ages and into the kind of, lin- um, from the linear model to the kind of two-way communication, which is what we've done. Um, so they're driving it. And I think there's three levels of implications. Um, commercial, um, what what the brands want, how do they want to have an engagement? Participants, so players in sport, be it the, the players themselves or you know active participants, and also the clubs. And one of the things we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll discuss is the, what is the role of the club or a federation in social media? Are they are they are they the policeman? Are they the participant? You know what what, what do they do? And, and as I say, um, the genie's out the bottle. It's there, and we, we, we've got to we've got to accept that social's here to stay and and embrace it in sport. It's, it's interesting you talk about that because it's about sort of managing the the sort of communications that goes out, which which obviously is is a sort of big role for the PR team as well. I mean, when you when you're um, sort of putting the the sponsorship sort of deals together, how much of that is is related, or how much thought goes into the subsequent impact that that's going to have on the PR teams when they're then trying to maximise that sponsorship after it's all been signed? Yeah, I mean now m- masses. I mean now it's what 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 is the social impact? How are we going to make this sponsorship work over social media, and therefore right at the beginning at the rights negotiation with a, with a given brand, uh, a given federation club or rights holder, it's actually that starting to do it. So that was almost the afterthought. Now it's actually how we're we going to use this. And, and it's changing the rights that are negotiated. So if you are, um, you're a Champions League sponsor, actually the, the staple bread and butter is your broadcast bumpers and your, and your perimeter boards. Now it's actually what's creeping into that negotiation is, well, how about we can have access to some of the players' um, imagery that can be then used in competitions that run over social? Um, I mean, the, the one that always divides opinion is um, you know, the Heineken share the sofa. All around that hashtag, and they, they're driving it. But really, it's a it's a way of driving um, conversation and debate and making sure that Heineken are, trend, are trending during um, during Champions League nights. So that would that would have been a complete afterthought. Um, and what, three and, or four and that, years ago, and that's in a contract somewhere, is it? That's yeah, a, right. there'll be a number of mentions, ex-players, um, all all those elements which which are suddenly starting to drive what's important um, and has and has intrinsic commercial value. And what about a granular granular level of um, such and such a twer- player has to to tweet or retweet a, a picture with a branded picture or uh, be, be involved in the competition? Is, does that happen, or is it at a club level? 
Um, yeah, very much so. I mean, so the, the sponsors and um, um, will, will um, the kind of so-called quite traditional brand brand teams will be desperate to put to have that in. What we quite often advise them, and um, and, and almost from a uh, credibility perspective, is you know if you're Capital One, don't try and sell a credit card because you know what it's not going to work over social. Actually, get the brand warmth, get the affinity, the competition, and actually, sometimes our role is challenging the sponsors and saying, "Look, you know, you, just because it's in a contract and they're able to do it, you need to think about how that's consumed." Because, especially um, the, the sub twenty-four year old generation, they are pretty savvy when it when when something's been pushed them over social media, and actually in, empower the experience, um, bring them something they can't get, be it you know, money can't buy tickets, access and of some information and they will retweet and they will upload to Facebook because actually it's cool it's 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 part of their part of their experience try and blatantly sell them something it it, it won't work it's, so that, sorry, sorry sorry Russell yeah no no I was going to say I mean there's so much now involved than just a pure badging exercise I mean obviously it was it was more than that you know previously anyway but I mean are you finding it getting harder and harder to sort of put these contracts together and and also you, you could be in the middle of a, of a contract and some new technology comes out and it's like well how do we how the hell do we then incorporate that into into the activity oh, as well yeah and yes very much so <laughs> or um um contracts what is more likely is the contract predates the technology um so there's a there's a big contract that governs the, the, the digital aspects of um of um football league clubs it's called football league interactive and uh um, for many respects, it, w- it was a great deal, but it was invented pre-Twitter, pre-Facebook, pre-Instagram. So the catch-all phrases means that people can't do anything and they're scared to do, do anything around it, which is kind of unfortunate um, because it, it could be done. So, but, but also the other way around, it's people are trying to use those broad broad languages and it's, you know, the, the terms channels are used, using social media as a channel rather than a platform, which I always think is a mistake because, you know, Yesterday's Twitter, something else will replace it, but ultimately it's it's it's, it's performing the same role. Um, but it is, it is challenging. Um, more challenging, I uh, will maybe touch on it later. Is 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 um, persuading the 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 rights holders and the federations themselves to embrace the technology and and realise it's there and it's it's not it's not going away. Okay. Well, I mean, there is yeah. There's there's lots to to get through. I mean, one of the things that I, I sort of wanted to focus on because I know it was a, a project that you've be, been working on, and we're talking about sort of. You know, fans using their 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 mobiles to tweet and and uh, and, and update content constantly. Um, there's t- there's two aspects to that. You've got obviously the the people that are watching, you know, on TV or or just general comments during during the week. But then there's the aspect of when you're at the actual event itself. So you know, focusing on on that side of it, I know one of the projects you've been sort of working on is is something at Celtic Park in terms of actually being able to engage. At a venue, can you can you talk us through sort of like how that how that works and and how that I suppose enhances the experience? Yeah, sure. For, for a fan, while, whilst you're actually at an event. Yeah, so I mean, the, the, I think the first thing to say is that um, you know I'm a, a male in my forties, and I think I've you know kind of the post Facebook, sorry post Facebook generation, um, and therefore it's less important to me. But what I would say is that we, we were constantly seeing a demand for buzzwords for brands and sponsors around engagement um, and social. And then you get into a ground, and especially a, a ground the size of Celtic, which is um, 60,000 uh, capacity, third biggest ground in the country. You can't get a signal, you can't make a text message, so therefore you can't engage over social media. So we always realised we had to solve the connectivity conundrum. That was that was that that had to be done because... You know, without that, you've got no canvas for which to engage on social. So the project at Celtic was, let's put high-density Wi-Fi into a, a venue. 
Um, and by high density, it means that, you know, 50% concurrent usage, we can all be on using it, streaming video if, if we wanted to, and therefore could engage in, engage in social. That then means rather than a match day program where the manager has written the, the comments around the team 10 days ago because it's going to print, actually you can have the manager talking 20 minutes before kickoff why he's chosen that team, face the camera, upload, it becomes engaging content and therefore it gives it gives a reason to, to believe um, so, so that, that was it really I mean it, it's it's done really well um, the fans love it, it, it the products are good does it need to evolve of course but I think it, it set the way and um, you know, it's shamefully plugging but it won the um, uh, the European Club Association award for, for fan engagement yeah. because it just ticked the boxes so what, why do you think sort of other venues don't sort of do more of that I mean I'll, I'll, give, I'll give you an example because I, I, I know we've talked about this before but um you know, because it's not just from a sporting perspective. So, as an example, over Christmas, myself, you know, went with the family to uh, to Disneyland Paris. Um, had a, fa- you know, there's something magical about Disney when you go in. It had a fantastic time. But the the thing that I found really surprising, from a aside from the how tired the the park looked, but that's a a, a whole different discussion, is the fact that it didn't have Wi-Fi across the park. And so, I, I you know, when I was looking into it, and I know, you know, across last year they had over 14 million. You know, visitors like us probably almost everyone had a mobile phone taking photos. They could have, you know, with, with Wi-Fi, there could have been, you know, the opportunity to upload your, your photos or your video with Mickey Mouse or whatever it, it might be. Maybe run a competition with the best photo and a hashtag. Go and get your prize from the Disney store. You know, so to me, that's a, a simple thing. Yet there's so many venues. Whether you know another example when when we went to the theatre you know just recently and and they were stopping. I understand you don't want to take photos during the performance, but when when we got there, it was going to see Nicole Scherzinger in, in, in Cats. They were stopping people taking photos of the set. Yeah, well, you, you, you want to check in on 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 your social media, you know, whether it's uh, Facebook or well, that's it. You, um, want, you, you want to share and you want to show off where you are. I mean, I, exactly. I, I, so I, so why why do you think other venues don't? Because as I said, it's not just about sport. It's any kind of entertainment venue. Why do you think well, they I think, don't? I think don't. Disney's an interesting example um, because you know Disney is about um, get, getting you for a venue where they want to take you and they push you to certain areas and they want you to spend here. And and and, and I think part of it is control. And I think certainly with with um, with football clubs um, is, is an element of control. Once you've given people a canvas to communicate on social media. Like we know, one picture's there forever, video's there forever, and you know, we're, we're in the moment. Um, the other is cost. I mean, it's you know, uh, high density Wi Fi isn't cheap, and in in a in, you know, without giving too much away, you haven't got much change on a on a kind of forty fifty thousand stadium from a million um, a million pounds in terms of physical hardware um, installation tuning, and you could argue that the game is a wash of money, but. The, Financial fair play. Um, it's it's about getting it onto the pitch and the, and, and and the first team. So it's partly that. Um, and secondly, um, you know, as 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 we as fans, you know, the, 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 you know, it's broadly forty plus men that are going to football in in the main. Where that no one's yet screaming for it, right? As in consumers, as that as the the the, the, the Facebook generation grows up, I'll expect that to get that that get bigger and bigger. Um, but my personal view, and not not with the sports marketing hat on, is it's it's massively around control. And um, you know, we've been to games before, and we've moaned about the ref and the manager. And you know, we, we, what, what do we do now? I mean, wh- who's the first person? You're a Southampton fan, and the, the moment Portsmouth lose, I bet the first person you text is all your Pompey mates. Do that on social with your 500 friends. It's 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 just um, 
Yeah. Well, it kicks off pretty yeah. quickly. I, sh- I, should, off I, I should point out that, that Anthony was pointing to uh, to Ben there when he's talking about being a Southampton fan. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Spurs fan myself. But actually, Ben, let's bring you in at that uh, yeah. on this because I mean, from a PR perspective, you know, and, and looking at sporting brands in general, so not just about venues, but I mean, uh, you know, what, what's your thought in terms of are they getting to, to grips with with social technology uh, changes and, and that whole you know experience that that brings to, to their fans and followers? Sure, well, I'm dying to talk about Southampton. Go for it. it. Well, no, I'm going to leave that for a moment because I just think Anthony just raised an interesting point. And I I, I think I kind of disagree a little bit in that, for, for me, it's it's about revenue, isn't it? They If brands, be that sporting or Disney or whatever, oh, well, there's an interesting thought for us. I, I suspect if you went to the US Disneyland, there may well be high-density Wi-Fi, but I, I maybe they just stopped spending money on Euro Disney a few years back. <laughs> Um, but but that's kind of my point, actually. They Where they think they're going to get a return, they'll spend money. But if it's a million pounds to put the Wi-Fi into Celtic Park so that, that their fans can share Facebook content, et cetera, et cetera, they're not actually, as well, in the, media, in the immediate term anyway, going to make a return on that investment. Um, and I would have thought it would be, it's as simple as that. Um, if I've got a million pounds of my own money and I want to spend it on something, I want I, I want a return. Um, and, and therefore, it, I love all the soft stuff that's happening here. I think it's great. Um, you kind of can't argue against it. But are Celtic going to make more money from engaging with, with getting their fans talking on Facebook at a game, bearing in mind these people are already at Celtic Park, possibly medium long term, but in that, for the next I, month, I don't know. I think you articulate the view of the club, actually. Right. That's exactly the, the view of the club. And in, in the case of Celtic, we made that investment because we wanted to to prove a, a, a case and prove that people use it. Um, what we've suddenly realised is the fan engagement elements are there and people like it and there's better products. There's a case that they can they can charge more for the ticket and it, we use a phrase, insulating against performance. You know what, your team can't win the league every year, can't finish in the top four every year. You know, it's not, and, and, and that just makes the experience better. But you're right, that's what happens. With, with my marketeer's cap on, it's brilliant. You, yeah. you can't argue against it. Yeah. With my FD's cap on, yeah. I'm thinking, oh, okay. But, it is, but, but, but let me come back to Southampton, because I'm... I, yeah, it, no, no, Because no, the it. first time in my lifetime, really, that, um, you know, I say this with, with a smile on my face because normally there's Spurs, Arsenal, etc. You're all nicking our, well, you're still nicking our players, <laughs> but we're, 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 we're somehow keeping the, um, keeping the rain out anyway. Um, so what I was, and I think there's an interesting trend here actually with local regional media, um, because I suspect that for some time um, the regional press have well, football clubs have been a key component of keeping the regional press going in terms of people on websites, people buying newspapers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the regional press has had a tough time recently and I, 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 they're, they're a, 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 a sector that I, I, I want to continue and have some sympathy for, but I wouldn't fancy being in their shoes right now. And I think this trend we're talking about today is possibly yet more bad news for the regional press. Um, and just coming back to Southampton, I used to, the only reason I used to go on the Daily Echo site, and I'm not, it wasn't a bad site, the journalism's not bad, um, was to read about Southampton. Now I get much better content directly from Southampton FC through their YouTube channel, through their Facebook group, um, through Twitter, 
than I do with the Daily Echo. And I, I, I keep coming to back to money, which I don't I don't mean to, um, but that undoubtedly is because Southampton Football Club have got more resource to put in their into journalistic in in house journalistic content be that video, written text, photo, etc., on a more regular, sustainable basis than the Daily Echo have. Um, and I suspect we'll see this trend to all sorts of sporting um, brands and beyond, like Euro Disney. It's interesting you talk about the content that, that the team are putting out because there's a different side of reporting about, um, you know, the, the, uh, sort of what's going on at, at the club. And, and again, it's not just about football, but... but on on that topic, I mean, there's an area where you could say that the clubs are in a, a no-win situation in in some aspects of social media because, so for example, and I hope, and I hope it's okay to, yeah. to to share on air that as well as me being a Spurs fan, you're, you're yeah. a Spurs fan as well, Anthony. Afraid so. <laughs> um, and but and we both listen to a, a, a fan podcast called the Spurs Show. Yeah. Um, and and obviously it's got nothing to do with the club, and therefore can be you know can give certain views and, and discuss stuff that you would never get from the club website. Um, you know, and that's the kind of stuff that clubs or fans want to debate. It's why it's why we love unofficial. And for me, that why I made the point earlier on about what is the role of the club, if it could, if in the widest sense of club or federation, is to be the facilitator of that conversation. That that's a great place for them commercially and everything else, but they've got to be, they've got to let go and accept that we might we might not be happy. So so, so, so that's the first thing, and and that will organically grow. There's commercial benefits. So as you know, the, the Spurs show and shows like it do um, social events, which they charge for, which they make money for. They sell T-shirts. That money is bleeding out of the game. So you know, not that it's a good thing. It's, it's a good thing it happens, and, and the football clubs can't take every, every penny. But do, do if, the clubs see it that way? They see it as money that's bleeding out the game. Um, I don't think they have an opinion on it. To be fair, I think they're more worried about the PR aspects and the control. Um, but what one of the things? So that, do, you, do you think a club would ever try and switch that off? No, I think I think it's like the, the example I give is United under Fergie. So he they, they, he basically hated Twitter for the for the players more from the players and this thing that was out there. And then the irony was when he resigned, um, um, that when he announced his resignation, it was six thousand tweets per second. Was the was the rate of, of Twitter, and it went it literally went into meltdown around around that. And now United have accepted that Twitter's not going away, and they're not bigger than Twitter. So they, they kind of there is a kind of organic sea change, and their sponsors will, 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 will drag them that way. Back to the point about revenue, because I, I think that's absolutely right, and, and where the education of the right holders will see, because ultimately the FD will will, will have control. There's some there's some benefits around using Wi-Fi that I don't think have been, and we we certainly haven't got there yet around around. Um, the, 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 the queue busting, for example, going to a, a football, rugby, or concert, or whatever it is, is a horrendous experience. You're queuing for ages, but it, why can't we order on our mobile phones um, um, over cashless and then go to the cashless queue? Easy experience. Why can't we order our coffee to our seat? Um, in terms of food and uh, food and beverage, you know, uh, sorry, retail. You, you take your son to the game, daughter, child, and you know, it's the moment they've won. You want to buy the shirt. You, you you haven't got time. Press, click, and collect. It's there in 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 twenty four hours. And I think there's ways that we can learn. And your point about the American Disney, we can we can actually improve the fan journey um, over that, where effectively the club becomes the retailer. And every time someone clicks over the Wi Fi, someone's making some money, and the money's going back into the game bit from a CSR perspective, into the into the foundation or somewhere. And I just think well, that it, that answers your point about the FD. You know, your with your FD hat on because yeah, if you can get that wife, you know, because 
at Spurs it's the same. You can never get a bloody signal, you know, at the ground. But if, like you say, if you know that you can very quickly buy something and then go and collect it, which is, I think, is yeah. a great idea, then then that makes absolute sense. And it's just, I say, for, for me, that the clubs have got to embrace that what I call the democratization of content. If you can let it out there, give away control. Um, I'll, I'll give an example from Celtic where didn't do it, and this is where uh, is around when Neil Lellerman's manager. Um, because we produce all the content that goes out on that app and, and statistics, we weren't allowed to um, to put out any content um, which said that the that the, 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 when they had less than fifty percent possession, and that was like right from the playing staff. And that way, you kind of go, it's just not credible because the fans in the stadium watch the game and they and they know what's going out, and they and it, it needs to be authentic. And I think the biggest challenge is that blend between official, unofficial, and authenticity, which is exactly why we 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 listen to unofficial and. Read, read unofficial sources I think that, that, that's the challenge but you know I think we're at year zero I really do and as we start to grow and 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 and, and they, they it becomes much more just in the kind of the general uh, parlance of, of every day it, 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 we'll, be, we'll be laughing we've even had this conversation I think I, I want to change <coughs> excuse me topic slightly but you actually touched on this just just a, a little while ago in terms of when I was putting this together, I was thinking that sport is actually quite in a unique situation in that take, for example, so we sort of talked about football and, and Twitter. You've got individual players often having more followers than, than the clubs they play for. So, you know, for example, when I was, I was looking this up and, okay, not allowing for fake or, or inactive followers, uh, 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 fake or, or lapsed accounts, but take Real Madrid, for example, they've got 83 million likes on Facebook. Cristiano Ronaldo's got 107 million. Manchester United has 4.6 million followers on Twitter, whereas Rain, Wayne Rooney's got, you know, over, over, to, in fact, almost 11 million. So now, actually, in many businesses, some of the key execs who are who are active on social media will have more followers than their their company um, feeds too. So the point I'm getting to is is you know is relevant to any sector um, that our listeners may be working in, but. You know, we regularly read stories of players getting fined by the FA Football Association for breaching the FA social media rules. So there's a recent example that, that literally just, I think it was last week, West Ham's Colton Cole just cost himself 20 grand for a tweet that he sent after the, the recent game with Spurs. Why do you think this can't, it can't be that just football, you know, you can't just say all football is stupid. Why does this continue to happen, do you think? Oh, I mean, I'll let you answer on the, on, the, on the PR aspects of that, as in the, 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 the management of players. I think, they, I, mean, I think they need education on it. Right? Yeah. I really believe it's as simple as that. It needs to be, they have media training that needs to cover social now. That's, that's just, in the same way they give a good interview, a bad interview, they need, they need to get their head around that. Um, in terms of the um, more commercial aspects, um, Again, to use a Spurs example, a number of years ago when Spurs signed Edgar Davids, and this is how the world's changed, um, that deal almost fell over on the commercials about image rights, about when he wears his glasses, because he wanted to own that because of his own um, kit deal. And it got resolved and money changed hands and it, 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 it was solved. The new battleground is social. So, you know, in the same way that Beckham could sell so many shirts, if sponsorship deals start to be um, driven by um, you know, upload to the, the, the Facebook page or Twitter retweets or what have you, which are massive with the players. Actually, getting them to sign that within their contract for commercial gain becomes the new, the new, the new better ground. And actually, you're starting to see that creep through. Um, and 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 I think that 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 is where the clubs need to ride on the back of the players because ultimately they're, they're the stars of the show. Do you think, ben, do you think from a PR perspective that you know the fact that the players have got more? Influ- you know, potentially more influence it becomes a nightmare for the clubs. Uh, I think there's a bit of depends on the channel here, doesn't it? So if your Twitter is a very individualistic 
um, social network. So, so in that sense, you're you you are, I think, more likely to follow Wayne Rooney than you are Manchester United because you you you, you want that personality, that real life engagement with that with 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 Wayne Rooney or or, or whoever. So, I think there's a bit of it that is is about Twitter specifically on yeah, that. Um, the but then it's it's. I don't know where we're going to end up on this because you know lawyers are going to get involved, um, PR people are going to get involved, agents will get involved. Uh, who knows where this will will go? It'll probably get messy. I'd have thought, and and it'll. But uh, when when I don't want to let's me choose another example. When when Ronaldo tweets, is it Ronaldo the the, the person or is it Ronaldo the brand? Um, and um, it, it it might even depend how many beers he's had that night. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's and we've all been there with Twitter. Go no, I, no, I shouldn't. I've had don't. I'm not going to tweet because I've, I've 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 had too many beers. And it's you. That's where I think footballers are at in the cold light of day. You know what you're going to do. You just follow common sense. But sometimes you're annoyed. Sometimes, uh, as I say, you've had a glass of wine at lunchtime. Um, and 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 you you do things that you shouldn't have done. And that's a problem because. In the past, everyone's had a press officer in uh, over their shoulder saying, w- with a journalist in the room, but all of a sudden this is when they're at home at night with nobody around. Uh, but you've got exactly the same problems. Um, but as yet, the solution isn't there. And it'll, it'll probably have to be that they just don't tweet as much. Yeah. I, I can't really think of any other way um, it, because they're going to continue to get more, in more and more trouble. We've, we've, we've talked a lot about Obviously, football. I mean, there's there's a, a whole range of other sports, and I know Anthony, you were you were across a whole whole load of different ones. Is, is there anything you can think of that where you know certain sports are embracing social better than others? And obviously, not just talking about Twitter. There's lots of different aspects to, yeah, to I think, social. I think um, where there isn't as much wealth and they have to work harder, those sports have to reach out to their fan base and have that two way dialogue. Um, I work um, with um, um, a federation called Euroleague Basketball. Um, not huge in the UK because we haven't got a basketball culture, but it's kind of number two, number three sports in most of continental Europe. Um, and they work really hard. They they listen to the dialogue. They listen to their fans. They ask what they want. Um, but also, they, I worked on a project um, um, for called Eye of the Fan, where they actually um, give they, they 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 put their fear aside of what the fan might do. They give him a, a GoPro, put him behind the scenes, and a series of them. They ran around. And do you know what? As a as a basketball fan, if you were a you want to see that. You want to see what's going on. What what shirts are laid out? And actually, it it was just driven from the fan perspective, as if you know, if if we were allowed behind the scenes at Wembley, you, you, you'd be, be great. And I just think that that's an example. I also think um, you don't want to give too much away, but you're seeing stuff um, around some of the lower league clubs and around um, some some um, some of rugby as well where actually they're competing for the the kind of football pound, as it were, and the, the Premier League pound, sorry, and they're having to work. And some initiatives are about about to break, which I, th- I think are generally quite 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 groundbreaking. We'll, we'll get you back in a few months <laughs> okay, onto yeah. the show and we can talk about that. Ben, what, do, about, do, what about yourself? Well, just one, uh, and I think it's interesting to compare the sports, but so I, I'm sailing is a, possibly the the least um, friendly spectator sport in the world I don't know but you know it's it's right up there isn't it so I don't know if you guys saw the America's Cup which which again I don't think I do a bit of sailing but it, it's not that exciting in many respects because whoever it's rarely that anyone overtakes anybody I think in the America's Cup but anyway the way they um, completely revolutionised the coverage of that on YouTube this year with 
well, first of all, it was free coverage as long as I think you weren't in the States. But the graphics and the commentary and and the, the trying to bring what was happening on the water to the audience, I thought was pretty impressive. A big step forward within that, which is a pretty you know minor sport, frankly. Um, clearly, the story of going from whatever it was, 8-0 down to 9-8 helped. But at the same time, the... The the the, the democratisation I think of, of what social media has done to that sport is is quite an interesting case study. Well, I, I haven't heard of that, but that's exactly the kind of sport that has got to work harder because actually, one from a spectacle, it's hard to enjoy. It. And I'm yeah. working with MotoGP, um, who are again, I mean, they're, you know, they're, they're, it's, if you go to a, an, an event, it's gone and it's gone straight past you. And actually, the the desire to see, you don't know who's gone first, have they lapped someone? You need to then look at that information and and to see it. And the one that I would love, and as I sit here in my cycling gear, but the the, the cycling is a really interesting one. Where actually, where it's all about data and statistics, and they've all got it on their on their on their um on their cycle computer. How many watts they're burning, what pace they're going, what they've done. And actually, I think it would ironically help solve the drug um, problem in sport because you can see when performances. In in in, in you know, it's just unhuman. It's superhuman. Yeah, yeah. And actually, that that you know, I think you would love to get now. If that if the UCI were to embrace that, and actually, you know, we're we're watching the Tour de France, and we've got our iPads out, and you can't see who's dropped off the back of the peloton because they're focusing on. Now that becomes really rich in content, which enhances the experience. And whether you're at home watching on IT4 or you're on the or you're on the, the side of Alpe d'Huez, that 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 has made that. Um, that product, that 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 spectacle, enhanced through 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 social media and through technology. That's a, I think that's a good point, actually. On the well, first of all, I love the idea of live cycling drug test update. <laughs> that wouldn't, wouldn't that be brilliant? Yeah. It might rescue what I consider to be a a a, a, a sport in deep deep yeah. trouble. But anyway, um, but that's a good point. Just coming completely out of the sort of stadia argument, when you're you could put that into watching marathons and you know, any sport I can think of now where you're it is spread out over a large area. Where, what the mobile phone gives you is um, TV access to where, uh, Grand Prix. There's another oh, one because yeah. well, like, Grand Prix, I, I, you basically just watch cars going round all day. You don't necessarily. Yeah. It's much better to watch it at, well, at home, home in many respects. I could give you yeah. another example is golf as well because yeah. if you're if you're following one set of players around the course you have no idea what's going exactly. on apart from you know on the other on the other holes apart from when they you know looking at the, yeah. at the scoreboard or whatever so wouldn't it be great to to be able to keep up to date with everything because i've actually having been to a, a golf tournament i actually found it much more exciting sitting going back into it the is. clubhouse and watching of it course. on tv where they're switching between you know shots and holes and, and everything yeah. so absolutely something like that i mean that, that brings on sort of like i suppose a question in terms of what i wanted to look at was where you think technology is going, you know, in in the in I suppose the immediate future, you've you've touched on a few opportunities there. Do you think that we're going to see this, you know, coming into play? The whole wearable tech. Do you? How long do you think it will be before the uh, the organisers kind of think, you know, what we're going to have to to embrace this and, and show this technology? I mean, I think I think it's it's just a matter of time um, because people de- people demand it, and and I think that the the, the the sports that are um, less broadcast um, dependent will, will will embrace it. Will embrace it earlier because they've got less to lose. Exactly, they've got less to lose, and and actually they they need to search for for fans and actually um, for customers. And, and one of the easiest ways, if 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 people want to engage over social, they 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 they, they, they will, um, and that that becomes more more of a, a core sport. 
Um, and, and actually, some of the participation, the thing I find amazing, so it's about cycling, if you use the Strava app, it's just an amazing social media experience because you share and you've got communities of like-minded. And it's just, it's just great. Now, if, if that could be brought to some of the um, more modern-day sports, it's, it just, it just, it just, it's great social currency. And it's what we talk about. And the best example of football, so-and-so played rubbish. Did he? Let's have a look. Let's look at the past completion. Let's see where we are. And I know there's stats, stats, and stats, but I just think it just adds to that debate. Which actually, you know, if if you if you assume that sport is a is a product, it, it just it feeds that debate and keeps it going on beyond the ninety minutes. For one, it's it's the radio phone in, right? Yeah, that, that's 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 what it is. But um, over over smartphones. Well, listen, uh, as we said at the top of the show, there's, there's so many areas uh, for debate that we could be discussing uh, for hours. I do, however, um, want to use this opportunity, given we're talking about sponsorship, uh, to plug the fact that as we grow this series, uh, we're looking for our own sponsors. So uh, any listeners out there that want to sponsor the C-Suite podcast, um, if you're interested in supporting us so that we can bring you more regular interviews, uh, do get in touch with me on Twitter using at Russ Goldsmith. Um, love to hear from you and talk about that. Um, we, we've been uh, chatting for quite a bit of time. We're almost out of time of today's show. Maybe we can just finish off um, with just, you know, ask both of you really, you know, any great uses of social media, but but in sport, but also how other sectors can can learn from them. Because that's what, you know, I'm keen to sort of, as I said, it's all about sharing this, this knowledge, not just in the one sector, but but how our listeners can, can use that elsewhere in their own day jobs. What, what's your thoughts on that? Well, I think the, uh, kind of what we've already discussed is that the, there's not too many Beautiful case studies that I can think of in sport right now. There's some um, some valiant attempts and some um, examples that go, oh yeah, that's interesting. But there's not one um, case study where I where I go, wow. And maybe that just that might just be that I haven't seen it. But that that's kind of where I'm at. I, I think when I compare how I, I think English rugby, the RFU have made some interesting, um, not all steps forward. They've made a few things that I'm not sure I'd have bothered with, but they've done some quite good work over the last couple of years to to try and make it a more engaging fan experience and, and move away from the sort of Greenwelly and Barbers brigade at, at, at Twickenham and, and I guess try and have a, a more rounded fan base. Um, and I think they've done some some interesting work um, actually both online and offline uh, in terms of at, at the venue as well um, and the other one I, I, we touched on it a bit earlier didn't we but the the, the Wembley and, and the Arch at Wembley are, and the, the work that EE did, did well, continue to do there um, I'm not sure they've got that entirely right but I I, I like the attempt um, I think that's good engagement and and maybe Maybe I'm just being a bit of a grumpy bloke when I go. Oh, that's a bit. That's a bit tatty for me. Maybe the younger people yeah. do get more involved. Well, with it and Anthony, more you're probably well placed to talk about that because Capital One are one of your clients. Yeah. So we were, we were involved in that project, and it was. I think it, you know it definitely divided opinion, but it, it created some noise um, in the kind of 48 hours up up to the final, the Capital One Cup final. So, but you know, I'd be the first to say I don't think it's rocket science, and I think we'll all look back in a year's time and, and say, well as people make great strides. I mean, something I I, I, I would like to go on, I was involved in something called Beko Mums United, which was around their FA sponsorship. So white goods manufacturer who um, realised that they'd forgotten about women through sport. So we created a Facebook page for them all around um, boot exchanges for mums and touchline mums and what do they do when little Johnny goes to play for Enfield Rangers at the weekend. And... Um, that then morphed into its own world and it forced the FA, who were the sponsors, to, to, to change their whole ap- approach to rights. And actually, it wasn't necessarily expensive rights, but it was much more about 
coaching and grassroots that then fed that uh, fed the content on that Facebook page. And then effectively, you've got a sponsor that's gone from traditional analog primitables and interview backdrop to now give us some more interesting content things that you probably haven't thought about, which then feeds its own products. And I think that that that's quite neat. So, you know, a, a football sponsorship then end up engaging women and also ticking off men. But again, I, I, I um, agree with you guys. I don't think that anything's outstanding in this sector yet. And actually, I think the challenge for um, sponsors, advertisers, um, agencies such as ourselves is to kind of raise the bar and try and you know do some do do some clever campaigns that really really work over social. Excellent. Well, that puts the challenge out there. Um, uh, I hope uh, obviously we sparked some ideas for some of our listeners. Not as I said, not just working in sport, but hopefully some of these uh, campaigns that we've talked about um, you know spark a bit of creativity and, and get you thinking. Um, I want to thank obviously my two guests today, Anthony Marco and Ben Smith. Um, that's it for for today's podcast as always a quick reminder to subscribe to us on itunes by searching for the cipr social media uh, panel in the itunes store um, or you can listen to us on soundcloud by searching for the hashtag CIPRSM. you can also follow cipr social media panel on twitter using at CIPRSM, and uh, please of course carry on the conversation on twitter using the hashtag hash cipr c-suite um, and unlike uh, colton cole if you uh, do give us any feedback i promise not to reply with an f off uh, on <laughs> On Twitter. Uh, thanks for listening and goodbye.